1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Bigfoot, America's Creek Devil. Teresa is joining us today. Forrest, would you like to kick this one off?
2: Sure. Uh, Teresa, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. How are y'all. Uh, Teresa is uh, from Alabama, and she had a very interesting encounter. And uh, today, I think T.W. is with us, and David, and Milo, Chuck, Milo. and... Milo isn't here.
1: <laughs> Milo isn't here.
2: Oh, Milo's not here. Okay. No. Uh, well, we have the elusive Milo, Miss, and missing. Uh, so, um, welcome to the gang, dear. So, uh, oh, let's thanks. hear about that that uh, encounter. I'm really excited to hear about it. Okay. Um,
3: this was. Uh, let's see. I think it was. If I'm not mistaken, 2014. Um, I had already kind of been in the Bigfoot interest and stuff and, um, and all, and I had met, uh, somebody on one of the groups that I helped manage, uh, for Bigfoot, um, online on Facebook. And, uh, we had met and I found out she lived very close to me and, uh, we talked for quite a while to get to know each other well. And then one day he said, you know, come over. And uh, you can spend the weekend, and you know we'll talk Bigfoot and maybe look around. I said okay, so I did, and um, uh, we had uh, went to church and did that kind of thing on Sunday and on Sunday and stuff. But that afternoon, <laughs> oh, excuse my coughing. Um, we are uh, on her area. She's got a lot of land. There are no neighbors. I say I preface all this saying that it kind of sets up the tone of, of where I am as far as you know there not being other things causing what we're about to talk about that we see but I mean there's no close neighbors there's no foot traffic on the road there is no car traffic on the road unless it's um like uh uh the uh, sheriff county deputy whatever uh law enforcement and them and, and usually that's it and um So we had just been sitting outside and talking and stuff, and um, about probably, you know, anywhere from about 80 to 100 feet from her tree line, nearest tree line, was off the side of the house. And um, she had told me, you know, she has them there, They, um, they make themselves known, they'll whoop, they'll holler. And uh, they've brought her things in the past, left them on her rocker, on her porch, um, things that just didn't get put there by her by her family or a dog or whatever, and um, like flowers and things, and flowers that were not normal to her yard, was not normal to anywhere down the road, and all that kind of stuff. Just weird, weird, odd things happen, but. Um, so, we were just standing in the yard, and it was getting you know about five in the evening by then, It was still plenty light and um I said, well, let's do something that I think would really be fun for see, was that?" I said, "Let's start singing. Let's see if we can bring them in. Maybe they'll come to hear the music." So we started that, and um, quite honestly, we sang for a long time. I mean, we're talking (laughs) hours. We'd stop, take a break, and start back. But as it was starting to get dark, it was still enough light where I could see the trees and stuff. I was seeing things behind the trees that I hadn't noticed before. And when we would sing, I'd be looking, and whatever those shapes were that were there, they're kind of swaying back and forth. And we stopped singing one time And I said did you see that And she said see what And I said tall shape behind that tree And I pointed to a tree And I said something squatted down on the ground You can see the head shape and shoulder Am I just seeing things Or is that just you know The you know scrub 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 brush or whatever And she looked she said No I uh, I I don't know I don't think so And so I said, Well when we sing watch and see if you see what I'm seeing when they're fleeing. So that's kind of what we did and I kept noticing the one that was behind the tree, and I'm calling them I'm calling that that's them because I couldn't explain any other way. It wasn't a wild boar, it wasn't any of the wildcats that were in that area, it wasn't a coyote that's in that area. You know, and they were too tall. I mean there was one that it could have easily been close to eight foot tall. I mean, it dwarfed me, you know, and I'm just about that sick. <laughs> and um, so, anyway, when we would sing, it would lean out and then lean back in, lean out just a little bit and lean back in. And when we stopped singing, the swaying would stop. Well, when it started getting dark, then the eye shine kind of kicked in. And I was seeing like six pairs of eye shine at different heights, different le- you know, levels, squatted down on the ground you know, standing straight, bent, stooped over, you know, kind of just in all different, different kinds. And I looked at her, and I said, I think we've got something here. And she said, yeah, yeah, I believe so. So we sang for a little while longer, talked and laughed cut up and all kinds of stuff just to get their attention to get them, you know, get used to hearing us laugh and hearing us talk. And finally I said, well, I'm tired. It's getting dark. I mean, it's getting late. And I said, let's go on the porch and sit down. She said, okay. So we just walked back over to the house. It was just a little bit, a little bit away, and went and sat down on the porch, still facing out toward the tree line. Because I still wanted to see if I could see anything moving from the moonlight, but I never really did see any of that, but anything that's moving. But we sat and talked. We played on our phone. We, you know, (coughs) told jokes and all this kind of junk just to pass the time. And it was getting close to midnight, maybe a little after midnight by then. And I was, well, I was thinking about going in and going to bed or getting a bite to eat and going to bed. And um was sitting on her porch, and I had my feet on her wood porch, her porch, that all around the house. It was a right wraparound porch. And, you know, of course, the flooring was wood. And I had my feet on the wood, and her feet was tucked up under her in her chair. And I felt four really heavy vibrational type... Ma'am? Okay, I thought you were about to say something. Um, no, I think that, that's TWS uh, radio. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but um, I felt footfalls. So false. It's the only thing that I could... Even say that it was. And so I, I, you know, I turned the other direction toward where I would go back to go in the house. And I saw her husband in there in the kitchen through the, through the door window. And I said, Well, it's not them, not him. And I said, Well, is it the two dogs? Is it had two big dogs. Two big dogs are sitting at my feet and her feet. I said, No, it's not them. And then, you know, I felt the football, four of them, kind of one right after the other. But it just you could feel it vibrating through my feet. And I didn't get I never got scared. Never did get frightened about any of it. But I thought, well, if he's behind me, and I said if I had been smart, I was kind of not being very uh <laughs> with it at the time. I could have taken my cell phone and put it on reverse camera and just held it up to me and saw behind me. 'Cause it was directly behind me where that was com where the footfalls were coming from because the port the port steps was right behind me about maybe fifteen feet away. And um I didn't think to do that. It just it never occurred to me. And I wished I had, so have coulda, woulda. But um I I just told her, I said, Well, I think I'm gonna go in and just made a real slow effort to just get up, not do anything fast. And just made a little slight turn, did not turn around, look behind me, and went back into that. And I thought, well, you know, I I think whatever that was, it was, you know, I didn't see anybody. There was nobody on the road. And it wasn't her husband, and it wasn't the two dogs, and it wasn't her or I. So I didn't, you know, it's like, well, you know, that that was odd. So I went on ahead and got ready for bed and sat a little bit with, with her husband my leftovers from the from dinner and um and got ready to go to, I was gonna sleep in their living room. And because um, her her Bigfoot had a tendency to sometimes jump up on the second floor roof and look through the windows. And I really wasn't too all enthused on that at just at that point in time. <laughs> but anyway, so I thought, Well I'll just sleep in the living room. And I already had the blanket and everything was getting sitting down and getting ready. And cut the TV on and was just relaxing. and I heard my friend and her husband talking in the kitchen. She had come in for the night, and as I was kind of getting my feet up and getting settled, I heard a noise over to my left where a uh, French doors were, and they had plantation shutters and French doors and everything. And I turned and I looked, and the sound, you know, I kind of, I kind of good with figuring out what sounds are. And it sounded like wood on wood, scraping on wood. Well, she had a screen door there in front of the French doors. I thought, well, maybe. I don't know. And then I saw the knob, and the knob was moving. And I went, okay. Well, she's in there with her husband. They're talking. I hear him talking. I said, the dogs are not going to grab the, 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 you know, doorknob or pull a, a screen door open. And um, so I thought, well, I'm I'm going to be brave. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go over and look. So I stood up and took a couple of steps over to the door. And never in my life have I ever had anything like this happen. But the only thing I could even remotely say it was, was like some kind of zapping thing or something, because my head felt like it, had, it was about to pound off my shoulders. It hurt so bad, and I got really, really dizzy just at the blink of an eye and, was, you know, trying to make sure that I wasn't going to fall. And it was hurting and hurting, and I just said in my head, stop, 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 stop. And immediately, just like, you know, snapping your fingers, the pain went away. The residual effect of being dizzy was still there. But the pain went away just like you turn the water faucet off. And... um so I was still going to go to the door, and, and a friend came through. And I said, you, had not, you were not out here on this porch just a few minutes ago, Where you not? She said, no, I've been in the kitchen. I said, okay. I said, so I heard a noise, and it sounded like your screen door had opened. We need to check and see what's going on. She said, okay. So she went over and unlocked the door and opened it up, and the screen door had been opened. And um, it's, you have to push it in to make it catch. Or you have to pull it hard to open it, so that was that's what I had heard and um so and I said it's not the dog right, and she said, Oh no, she said, right before I came in, they were looking on this side of the house that I was on, had got up and went around the corner of the of the porch and looked down on that side, and you took off running and got under the house and I said, Well, why do they do that because they're familiar with with the bigfoot people and you know had seen them before he said well they do that sometimes when something scares them or you know they're startled i said okay 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 so i told her what had happened and we talked about it for a little bit and she said you're gonna be okay yeah i'm fine so we set everything down locked everything down and i just went on and laid there and i i, and I essentially laid there all night i never went to sleep i kept thinking I want to go out there and look. I want to go out there and look. <laughs> but, you know, I thought, no, no, And at some point, like 3.30 or so in the morning, I heard that door, that screen door pop open again, being pulled open. I didn't get up and say, I said, I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere, you know. And I, I didn't say nothing else. And I never saw anything since then or heard anything after that. But when it got daylight, I got up and I went out and um, checked. And, yes, I went from the other way to go out in the kitchen and came around and looked and the the screen door had been pulled and it it takes effort to pull that screen door or to push it to close it so something had opened it i don't know but um just having those little bit of things that that i saw you know i really felt like that was them behind the tree behind the trees you know hiding and singing out and kind of looking and then you know Going back in and the eye signs. I had Six pairs of them, and they were all different heights and stuff. So, and you could see when they blink, and you know, and the eye sign was white and yellow. Uh, they didn't change, it really didn't change color, didn't ever turn like red or anything or orange, but it was just a white and a light yellow color. Um, so, it was something that was there, you know, and I'm like, I'm calling it that it was it was some kind of big thing going on there but you know I have um that's the closest I had been Mm -hmm. to actually seeing seeing one that close up enough to me um my only other incident was in Oklahoma and um had some weird stuff happen in other places but we could always find a way to explain it one way or another um or see footprints. So I've seen a footprint and had one cast at one time, but it was so poorly degraded that it really didn't show much of anything. Um, you just had a basic shape. And you had some toe shapes, that was it. But um, the uh, but that was for here in Alabama. That's about the only time that I really had something of that nature happen in this state. Um, now in Oklahoma, was a totally different matter altogether. I had then fully got inducted into just, you know, finding out about these creatures and people, forest people, whatever you want to call them. They're more than a creature. That to me, I mean, they, they have, they have ways about them. They're, you know, family units and everything else. Very protective and all that kind of stuff. But, um, uh, a friend of mine and her husband, they lived in, um, in, um, New Mexico and had, uh, we had just, uh, we've talked a lot online and met each other online in the group that I helped admin for. I pulled her in to help me be admin, and admin for it. And we did it for a few years together, uh, till she left. But, um, you know, we just got to be really close and one day we just said, um, I'd been uh, um talking to someone that had been to Oklahoma's out uh, Please continue to hold.
1: Not sure what that was.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't
1: know. Somebody's holding.
3: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're still Where good, right? That coming from? I know we That's heard it before that. too.
0: <laughs> was that TW? Oh no. Oh, I don't know, maybe. <laughs>
3: Oh my goodness gracious! But um, are you ready for me to go on? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, keep yeah. going, Miss, Miss okay. Teresa. Yeah.
0: I I got, you know, when we talked and everything, um, you're, you know, the thing that really stuck out to us is, is probably what you're fixing to tell us about the the windshield. So uh,
3: yes,
0: yeah. th- that's what I was wondering.
3: Yes, that's in that's in the, that's the Oklahoma story. Okay, that's part of that. Yeah.
2: Um, well, before, you know what, Teresa? Before we get going on that, let me ask you one question because that was something that was sticking out in my mind here. When you said you saw mm-hmm. eyes shine, was there ambient mm-hmm. light like a moon or a pole light or something like that around uh, that was that they were picking up the eyeshine shine from? Uh, well, I mean the moon was out, but I don't really remember it
3: being a like a full moon or anything, I don't know remember if it was a crescent moon or what, but we had enough enough ambient light from the moon to be able to see to the tree line. Okay. It wasn't fully, fully, fully pitch black black. Um there was there was enough moonlight to at least see where I could see the tree line when we were standing out there. It was plenty it was plenty enough light to see. But um you know then later on
2: were all these? I'm sorry, go ahead. Was, oh, no, I'm, no, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Um, the individuals were swaying. Were now were all the individuals swaying or just one or two, maybe?
3: Yeah, just a couple of them. The, the big one I'm calling, in my head, the big guy, the big tall one that was like probably close to eight foot, he he would swing out and look. And and he'd be like behind the tree and he's swinging right just a little bit and then going back in and the other shorter ones on either side of him, there were a co- couple of those as well, but the one that was squatted down on the, on the ground, there was a couple of those squatted on the ground. think they might have been young juveniles. I don't know, but they just sat there. I mean, they just, you know, kind of like creepy crawlers. They were kind of almost on hands and knees all the way down, just peeking mm-hmm. and looking. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, but as it got darker, it was harder to see their shape, but I knew they were there because of the eye huh. and Teresa, I could see when they blinked.
0: Yes, sir. Teresa, was all the eye shine the same color? Could you tell?
3: Well, like I said, some was white and some was yellow. Okay. Like a light, light, soft yellow.
0: No red or anything?
3: No red, no, no, no. We didn't have any, no, none of that extra like orangey or red colors at all. No, okay, yeah. But, um, but going to Oklahoma, uh, they brought their um, their travel trailer, and so we were at a place in Hanabe that uh, um, had a place where we could camp. And had access to water and all that stuff. And um, it, it crashed 40 acres. And that's where we had set up camp at. And uh, there was nobody there but us that was camping. There, were, there was a camper there, but there was nobody in it during the time we were there. Um, no other vehicles. No bikes. No nothing. No trucks. No nothing. Other than the two that were there to kind of help show us around. Because Melba Kesham was the one I had spoke to about this place. And she said, yeah, you know, this is who you contact. If you want to go to a place that is known to have them and they'll, they'll help you get an experience with them, then, you know, you talk to these people and that's who I got in contact with. And, um, so we had all that set up. We were going to be there for four days. We ended up being there for three because there was a some kind of squall coming in that, um, weather was going to be really, 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 really bad. And we were already kind of bogged down in mud anyway. So we ended up having to break camp a day early. But um, our first 24 hours was really not a whole lot of anything. We were just kind of getting to know each other during that time. And we rode around and looked around. I walked around by myself a few times, and they went and walked around themselves a few times. And we'd come back and talk about whatever. Uh, had little things like finding a long clump of hair on a uh, barbed wire where there, were this ho- there was a horse back in the corral in the back. And there was barbed wire around it. And bar- barbed wire, I can't talk, around it. And they had found a big clump of slight, almost cinnamon-colored hair, long hair. But it wasn't the horses. It was downy and it was soft. It was a softer hair. kind of coarse but still it had a downy feel to it and um so we just kind of okay well we'll you know we'll put that in a sip bag and think about it later and um and all and then I saw some stuff like what uh I wouldn't have known how it would have happened like that unless it had been manually manipulated but some kind of like a a a wild vine but it was really 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 thick it was probably as thick as a baseball bat at the lower part of the bat on the handle part and it had been twisted twisted and twisted and twisted and twisted on itself and then made into a figure eight and it was hanging in the trees right off from where i was walking and looking uh right over a water source a little a little creek and um I sat and looked at that for a little while. I couldn't figure out how that happened. So I just come took a picture and went on by my way. And um, had a couple of times getting on four-wheelers and being taken out into the woods. Didn't have any anything. Nothing happened. No sounds. No nothing. You could hear the crickets chirping. And it never got really quiet when we were with the guys out there. And um, so it was just, you know it was fun to be out in that element and just sit and talk and have them cut up or whatever. And, um, but as we were going along the next day, uh, that was like day two. Then day three was, um, we had done a lot of exploring all over the whole area. I love that area down there. And, um, but we had gone off for a little while and had come back. It wasn't even dark yet. It was around it was about five o'clock in the evening. And, um, we were you know, I personally had to go to the little girl's room and I had to go back. So I was running in to go and Ed it, but he you know, I gotta go too. But I'll just go over here by the tree. Okay. Well uh I'm in the in the thing and, and had the door closed. Um all of a sudden out of nowhere, this big booming male voice screamed hollers, yells, right? and it, I mean, and he, he starts it. But then right behind him starting it was a bunch of, you could tell, were females and juveniles because of the pitch and tone of their voices were much, much higher or not matured. Came right at with him, joined in with the yell, and they all were yelling together. Well, by that time, I'm not going to snatch the pants up and then gotten out the door. I thought they were right outside the trailer, the travel trailer. They were that, I mean, it sounded that close, but it had reverberated from in that bathroom. which could just, you know, one big thing, you know, metal with a skylight. So, but coming out the door, it was loud. It was loud. I thought, Oh my God, they don't kill my friend. They don't kill my friend. They're, they're out there. They're beating him up. What's happening? You know, and he was there and his wife was there, my friend Pat. And, and we were just looking at each other. And we're still hearing the yelling the yellow is still going on. I mean, it's like 20 seconds or so. It happened really fast, but it was still like forever, you know, and here in the screen to where we could locate where it was coming from, from the direction, but you saw nothing. It's like they it were right there in front of you, in your face, and but you couldn't see them. And the only thing I could figure is there was a little knoll that was kind of, you know, 30 feet or so behind where the trailer was. There was a little street, little, little side country road, and then a knoll just beyond that. And I think that's where they were coming from because there was trees all through of there, too. And that's what we kind of figured that it, it had to have been coming from because that's where the direction of the sound was coming from. And it, it reverberated. It was so strong that, I mean, your whole body just shook. Like everything in you knew was quivering. I wasn't scared. I was, I was elated. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, man, you know, this is cool. It didn't scare me. And they felt the same way. They felt that that vibrating in the chest and in the body. But we were just, you know, we were looking and there was just nothing there to see. You're just hearing it. And so I'm like, you know, they, when it quit, it did not just cut off like cutting a faucet off. It, dwindled kind of decrescendoed, you know like in music when you you go kind of loud and you want to go softer softer, softer 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 until it just kind of peters out that was basically what happened and um so we just kind of looked at each other and I said you not do that again <laughs> I was wanting them to do it again <laughs> but I don't know if they were upset that he had went outside to pier. or what I don't know I, but that was when the yelling started and um so we, you know, we were told that we had to go ahead and pack up and leave in the morning a couple of hours after that. So we just uh, got everything ready and um, and went to bed pretty early. And every night when I was sleeping there on their sold-out kind of a couch thing, there were windows. You know, I had curtains and blinds and stuff, but I would open the curtain and open the blinds. Because that area we were in, we were told is where a lot of the juveniles would play at night, late at night, running around in between the trees and stuff. And I thought, well, that's cool. If y'all want to look in the window, I'm right here. It's not going to scare me. I, it, it doesn't bother me. And I don't know if they ever did, but you know, I slept fine. It didn't bother me. But um, the color of that hair that they had found that last last night that we were there. I had backed up my car to uh give some light, I think we were going to do a, at one time I think we were going to do a camp a campfire but I, we ended up doing the campfire, but I had moved my car out and around so the headlights could show where where the fire pit thing was because I couldn't see it in the dark and my friend said when I did that, two little small ones ran right in my light in my headlight light. But I was concentrating on where I was trying to point out that I didn't see that movement in that rim running. But she said, that's the same color hair as what we got off of the barbed wire. And I said, Oh, okay. You know, cool. So it could have been confirmation on that. You know, I, I don't know, but I kept it just because I wanted to keep it. They, well, they gifted it to me. I did not know it. <laughs> they had put it in my bag. Uh, <laughs> I got home and he calls. Have you have you unpacked yet? Have you unpacked yet? And I said, No. Why? Why are you keep asking me? Why am I unpacked? And something told me go look in the bag. And they had put that hair in there and stuff like that. But anyway, um, so uh, we had, uh, you know, went to sleep that night. Had to get up really early. It was about six six o'clock. Right at, you know, with sun coming up. And I had got my stuff and was sticking it out the door and dropping it down on the ground, and then I could get down to my car. My mother had a little blue Mustang, a little grabber blue Mustang, and it was parked up under where they sleep in their bedroom, and their window was open. And, you know, I didn't think anything of it at the time that I had gotten in and had backed up and had backed my car, the back end of my car, right there at the steps. And Ed said, Teresa. I said, yes, sir. He said, have you touched the back end of your car on the window? I said, no, sir. I just got in the car and backed up. He said, you got to come here. And I got out and I went and looked, and there was a handprint as big as you please on my back window. Five, well, four fingers and a tongue. just fully all pressed on that window. And apparently had not been very, very long. Could have been while I was throwing stuff out on the from the door onto the ground because the dew hadn't even started to drip yet from him removing the hand and um I mean specifically four fingers and a thumb and you and it was they were kind of you know not close together but close enough to get still had some space in between and just relaxed just like oh I'm just propping my hand right here and. So we took a lot of pictures and called the two guys over that had been with us during some of that time and they were just flabbergasted. Absolutely flabbergasted. They had not seen a handprint like that before. We measured at nine and a half inches wide and 13 and inches long from palm to tip of middle finger. And then from thumb to, to, to the side of the hand um, near the pinky. So it was a big hand, um, and they're toward well, I mean, we had to get ready to get going, but if you it took a lot to really get up close enough, that on what I was calling the index finger, which is what, what I could see tiny little worlds, like we all have fingerprint worlds, and um I, I could see just a little a little tiny bit of them. I'd get my glasses off and get right up on it and I could see it. I could see it fine. And, um, but I had to go, you know, And so I just took as many pictures as I could. And we had the high, high, high tail on out. But, uh, you know, that was, I was flying high. I had a 10 hour drive back home and I flew high the whole time. <laughs> I even stopped in Arkansas and, uh, and, and got out to look and see if the handprint was still there and it was still there. It was getting faded, but it was still there. You could see where the fingers were. <laughs> but um but that was the handprint. I, and that was about it. I think I had I, I, I think I told the same thing about the handprint. It might not a Doris I told but um the handprint on my house here that You know, I don't know what it would have been. It would have been a human with a very, very long, long fingers and wide hand. But the whole hand didn't make contact with the masonite on the side of the house where it hit. Right there by the living room window where I was sitting at 1 o'clock in the morning watching TV. And my mom was in rehab. She had fell and broke her her femur and, and it crushed it. So she was in rehab. I was there by myself. And something hit the side of my house. This was in 2018. And um, I still don't know today what that is, what that was. But the hand was huge. But the fingers were much longer. Um, and it didn't make, like, like I said, full contact with the masonite. So I had long fingers and I had the fingertip and I had a part of the long part of the finger but there would be a gap in between like the finger didn't go all the way down you know press up against Masonite so but I got palm I got four fingers and a thumb just like I did with the other one but it was just a much different print it wasn't beefy and fat like that one was in in Oklahoma but anyway I don't know what that was I'm I'm not calling that anything but just weird but um Sometimes I think they leave little stick lifts on my walkway where I have for years now have been having to either use a walker or use a rollator or use a wheelchair at some point during the recovery period. And they knew that's where I was and they would leave little things that I don't know where they come from. So I don't know if that was at them or not. That you know, anyway. But I mean, that's in the short end of mine. It's not really a whole lot of um, exciting stuff, but it was exciting for me at the time, you know. Um, especially with the handprint, I real and the yells that that really just you know it rocked my world because there's nothing else out there. And yeah, we thought, okay, somebody's tricking us. They had it. They had a big sound system put up in a tree somewhere, or a big speaker. And they're playing this to see what we do. But we even went over that area and looked on trees and on things where anything could have been strapped on have been a speaker or anything up on that hill. And we never did see anything. So, yeah, I don't know. But it's been, uh, it's exciting. I would like to do more. I would like to go back to Hunati at some point. Um But... You know, I can't do it right now, but because other things have been going on, but, um, and I think we got enough we put uh, things going on around here in Alabama that I could probably <laughs> be okay right here, but yeah.
0: It's Chuck again. Hey, I, I was just wondering, you, I, I remember you telling me a story about the house being slapped. Now, is, is there sightings and encounters in your neck of the woods there?
3: I have not heard anybody talk of it, not, not here. Uh, back in the late 80s, we had a hunting uh, lodge in this county. And, you know, of course, small enough town, you're going to know somebody that goes to the hunting lodge. I knew the lady that cooked for the hunting lodge, and she heard them talking about uh, having a bigfoot experience in the woods there where the lodge is. Um, and the guy wouldn't come down out of his, out of his, um, out of his uh, deer stand. No, nah, yeah. he wouldn't come out of it. He, I mean, they couldn't get him to come out of it. And uh, eventually they did, but I mean, at that time he was too scared and he didn't really want to talk about it much. But they got enough out of him to know what was going on. But um, But then again, that was sometime in the early, did early age. but you know people don't talk about it around here if they do i, I don't usually hear about it um Teresa, hmm. this is
0: pw y- you have no idea how grateful i am when you brought up the subject of turning your headlights on and the, and the hair because i was almost halfway expecting
3: you to say that the hair was
0: translucent and turning purple you have no idea
3: how great <laughs> you did, didn't do that yeah no no uh uh-uh. uh uh-uh. i I mean, good Lord had given me some sense, you know, and i just i no it uh i i just i just speak whatever I know and what I saw and what my friends that I trust saw, and you know you just gotta i just gotta take take it at face value, whatever, you know, I don't know, but I didn't see none of that strange stuff, no. Um, but uh, it just, uh but it was fascinating. It was a wonderful trip. I loved it. I would love to do it again. Um, but I like, see, well, being a nurse, I was a nurse for 28 years. Um, kind of, in some ways, a lot of the same thing you, in you have to question a lot of things. You have to investigate a lot of things. You have to rule things out. Um, you know, you can it, you kind of just use that same methodology with with Bigfoot in the, in the same way. I mean, if it cracks like a duck, walks like a duck, sounds like a duck, it's duck. But um, <laughs> do what now?
0: I think he was on his radio again, or somebody was. Calling. Oh,
3: okay. Oh, oh, okay, okay. All right. But
1: yeah, um, he's on duty, oh. so you get some of that in oh. there.
3: Oh, boy, yeah, you get yeah.
0: commentary background.
3: <laughs> okay, but well, you know, I mean,
2: I look forward to having more experiences. Huh? Can I ask you, uh, your friend's house that she had the uh, had the one come up on the porch? How far is that from your house?
3: About an hour and a half. Okay. In travel well, time, that, that yeah, it's about seventy-five really, miles.
2: That really disturbs me that uh, that it actually tried the the door. Had she ever had that happen before?
3: Yes, and they had get up on her. She's a two-story house. They get up on her roof and would and peered in through her bedroom window before too. She's seen that. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I had, you, you know, know and in the
2: door
3: before, mm. <laughs> but you know, and they. I mean, it's just She's had a lot of high high-strangen, strangeness, high strangeness going on. You know, I. Uh, being the way her house is built, kind of like a plantation house, in a way, I mean, that that roof is pretty steep, but not, I guess, steep enough to make something slide off like that. But, you know, I mean, it, I, I don't know, but they, they're so used to her. I mean, they have known her for however many years they've been living there. They built the house on that property. And, uh, and also they were, they were used to her. And I guess they just kind of, when they get, that used to you and they're used to the dogs and they're used to the husband and he's out there working in the yard 24 7 all the time you know they just they got used to it um Therese. and they just they, but but she uh go ahead i'm sorry to
0: interrupt you sweetie um that's okay you said that they're so used to her has she ever said anything about them ever being aggressive towards her or her
3: animals or anything no, no, we had discussed that early on. Uh, no, they now the yell that she had gotten recorded from her bedroom uh, window. Uh, it got analyzed uh, by someone she knows up in uh, Washington. Uh, I know his first name is David, and I can't think of his last name right now. But he has all that all that equipment and all the sounds from different animals all over the world. And he identified it straight on as being a big foot yell. And um I just uh you know, I, I and we had it was at her place where, where we found one of the one of the uh, footprints, it was pretty degraded. But uh, you could still tell that it was a footprint. I could tell that it was a right foot. I could see the toes. But, you know, beyond that there of course there was no, you know, metatarsal break. There was some narrowing at the heel a little bit. Um, but, you know, everything else had kind of broke down. So, so I just really couldn't see a whole much out of that. But um, they've never caused her a problem. Um, she, she does not share her pictures at all, but she has got pictures of them with a the camera on her pork. I mean, it's pretty wild. It really, one was white, solid white. And, um... And then one of the others was a dark color, and he was kind of out there by where she had this little chicken coop-looking thing out there that they don't have chickens anymore. And it was at that, and it took the, her her uh, her camera that kind of camera she had on her on her wraparound porch, saw the movement and took the picture. And it was pretty definitive too. I mean, it was you know there wasn't a whole lot of guessing. Yeah, you know. There's nothing left in the imagination, really. (laughs) But um, anyway, so, yeah. um,
2: Now, now, Teresa, you said something about that you had talked to Melba Ketchum. At what point in time did you talk to her? Oh,
3: this is back right before going to Oklahoma in 2016. Oh, I see. Okay. So it was like 2015, because we went in March of 2016. And we had been working on making a plan for doing that back in the fall of
2: 2015.
3: And I kind of just touched base with her time and again a couple of times, and just to be sure, you know, everything, you know, what her experience was and everything compared to, you know, when I got back, when we got back from it, I told her a little bit, a little, I think I did, told her a little bit of what we had to going on. But, um, you know, but she had she had experiences when she was there with them, uh, but we didn't have our experiences with them. They were not with us when we had all our stuff going on. Uh-huh. So I found that kind of odd, you know. But um, just that, I don't know if if the people had decided, you know, hey, you know, these are, these people are okay. You know, I don't know, but you know, I felt like we got more activity on our own anyway and that was that was fine with me but um yeah i'm all for it i love it it's fun (laughs) as a matter of fact uh, they had a group of people Uh, go ahead
2: uh, i was just going to ask you the the how the topography and the uh the trees and such around uh your friend's house uh what are they hardwoods uh pines uh uh what what type a mixture, uh, a, a mixture of everything. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And yeah. is this a, a, a hilly area uh, or a, a flat area or what?
3: Uh, it, well, currently, I mean, just like the way things are, like uh, right, that's a lot of things had been decimated. Though some some people in that area had sold off their timber, so things had got kind of, you know. Flattened, but normally it's it's pretty it's a little hilly in places. There are caves Mm -hmm. in the in those areas around over there, you know. So, um, you know, but yeah, it uh, I think she they have enough there in that area. They have a greater food source because they have the wild boars. I mean, wild boars are coming out into roads in the yard digging and everything, um, go out there with a little rifle and start shooting them off, you know, a little bit. But, um, you know, they had the coyotes, they had the, the wild boar, they had the wild turkey, they had all kinds of a food source out there. They have a, a fresh water source, too. And they do have caves there, if caves are needed. So, I think they got a perfect place to be. A lot of times there will be times when they don't have, she doesn't have any any activity whatsoever, during hot months, and then it'll pick up a little bit when it gets cooler. But I think they're still there, they're just not making themselves known, or they may be going a little bit of ways away and coming back.
1: But I think it was interesting if you guys remember when we talked to T. Um, his encounters were in Alabama right about that same time frame. I'm wondering how close that is Forrest
2: Well I, that's what I was kind of, I was going to ask her exactly uh, uh, Is that in the northwest or the northeast or uh, where is it located in the the, um, the state?
3: Yeah, you're going a little a little west northwest.
2: And that's that's where cheese was, too, wasn't it, Well,
1: I think so. I'll have to double-check that. Because you should so. put
0: both of them in touch with each other. You what, right now? I was saying Will should put you and T in touch with each other. Y'all can exchange <laughs> notes.
2: Yeah. Oh,
3: that'd be awesome. Yeah. That would be awesome. I wouldn't mind that at all. I love talking to people that have experience and especially in my own state, you know. That makes that makes a that makes a lot of fun. Um, well he was
2: but he was, you know with this experience, I mean <laughs> it was up close <laughs> and person. <laughs>
3: oh my word. Oh my word. Well I don't know I don't know how I would feel about that close and person. I got close enough it coming behind me on those steps. <laughs> me, <laughs> but, um you know, there's people out there that, that you know, feel like they have a kind of a, a one-on-one, I don't want to say relationship, but I mean, just like, they can understand the reason why they do what they do, and I don't really get that, but that's just me. I mean, I don't know. I don't hear none speak. I don't believe that. I don't believe that's part of my personal makeup of things. I don't think I have that gift. But if I did, that'd be great. But anyway, I was told by someone that said that when I told them that story about him coming up and then, you know, behind me on the steps and then coming around on the backside and trying to open that door, that that, that he saw me as a mother figure. And I went, say, what? <laughs> but. but I mean, he was saying, "Yeah, I think he was a juvenile, and he saw you as a mother figure." Well, he got a mama. He got a mama. You <laughs> could go find his mama. But uh, yeah, anyway, it just—I uh, don't know. I mean, they apparently felt comfortable enough. What would what would have happened if he had opened that door? That door had not been locked, and he had opened that door. I think Teresa would have probably fell out and had a heart attack. I mean, just to come and walk in and look yeah i i don't I don't know how I would react I really don't it would be shocking so i'm kind of glad I've, just, I've had that
0: i've had that being down there as well
3: oh oh my word uh,
0: shaking the or trying to turn the the door handle of the door of the cabin and um that's happened to me several times while I was down there. I love that area oh, down there goodness. because they're they're very they're very active down there, but they're, to me, they're they're really docile. They're they're not as aggressive as some of the other stories that we get.
3: Yeah.
2: well, well, um, I, all I have to say about that is that you know I wouldn't take a chance with any of them um, because I think no, I wouldn't want to either. Uh, I think they can turn just as fast as they can be one way and they can do a 360 and be another way. So, um, I I would find it now, uh, Chuck where she was having the doorknobs turn was actually in Alabama. It wasn't in, uh, uh, Oklahoma. Now Chuck's actually occurred in Oklahoma. So, um, um, and then I've had that instance in, uh, Texas and, um, uh, my my experience was not quite as um, um, enjoyable, you might say. Um, but um, anyway, but uh, I would I'd be a little disturbed, wouldn't you? Will if they're attempting to get in the house?
1: Oh, absolutely.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah I, I don't. Well, it's kind of like that story
3: about the Hanabi Sea You know, those were those were I feel like aggressive. They were stealing, well, taking food out of a freezer and then coming up on the porch and, and, you know, trying to, like, break down the door and all that kind of stuff from what I read of that story long years ago. And, I don't, I mean, no, I wouldn't want to be, uh-uh, no.
1: <laughs> I, I actually interviewed that guy. and
3: I don't want to be a part of that.
1: Yeah, I interviewed that guy, and it was not a good uh-uh. situation.
3: No, uh-uh. From what I read, I, I I was I was scared for them. I I don't think I would have um, uh, I would have stayed there, you know, any length of time.
2: And uh, well, so. the the situation with primates, uh, and this is uh, I've seen this occur with baboons and
3: uh, in the Africa,
2: and then uh, you know chimpanzees. They get to start they start finding a food source that's easy to um. Uh, accommodate them and their troop and then when the humans step in and tell them no you're not going to do that you're not going to decimate my crops you're not going to kill my livestock you're not going to do this you're not they you know feral chimps feral monkeys they have this problem in India too with the the macaques and the the, uh, uh, other monkeys out there and Mm -hmm the baboons are horrible in Africa and South Africa for doing the same thing. And everything's fine and dandy as long as you let them do it. But when you tell them, no, they can't do it, then it's all of a sudden you see the bad side of, of, you know, you see the bad primate come out and it's not always a nice, nice situation. And usually it doesn't end up nice. Somebody's going to get killed in the process. And, and sometimes it's, the humans and but more often than not it's the the uh the monkeys the chimps the baboons or whatever
3: right right yeah well i'm glad that the-
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: well you know i'm glad so far i have not had um any kind of negative experience with them i i, I think that you know it might kind of change me a little bit and wanting to get out and about, but, you know, I have, I can, I can only say that I have felt like they were around me sometimes when I would be somewhere. And I have no way of explaining or, 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 or saying how I know or how I feel or why do I feel it, what is about it that is giving me this feeling. But it's like, you know, it's just it's just weird. It's like you ran into a spider web and it's just all over. And you just feel it all over your body, and you didn't run into no spider web, but it was just. Well, I just felt like something was just all over me, watching, and it could have been anything. I don't know, but um.
0: I think that's. I think that your sixth sense kicking in. Don't you? Don't you, Will?
1: Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Well, listen, guys, we're running yeah, short on time. Yeah, I think we all have that primal, oh, primal sixth sense. Run- no,
2: I was just saying, I think we all have that primal sixth sense. We just don't listen to it all the time.
1: Yeah, that's very right. true. I think most people ignore <laughs> right. it, you know. Well, we're running a little short of time. Um, anybody have any final thoughts, okay. comments, questions? Or? uh
0: so just be careful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and thanks for coming on and telling your story.
2: Sure. Well, thank you for having me. Forrest? We thoroughly enjoyed it. And, uh, well, I was just going to say, we thoroughly enjoyed it, and it was very interesting. Uh, Just please be careful. Uh, If you go out in the woods, Teresa, please take somebody. Make sure you're always accompanied by somebody else. (laughs) Don't go out there by yourself. Yes, absolutely.
3: No, I don't go by myself. I don't because. I had, I had those two strokes and I don't do that. <laughs> I don't, I barely drive by myself. You know, I'll do, I I still drive, but you know, I don't do any of that. I don't go, I don't even go up to, you know, what our little camps up here about five or six miles down my road. And, uh, I don't even go there by myself and it's really squashy up there. That kind of borderline, uh, Talladega National Forest. It kind of abuts up to it. And, um, so and they have they've had some experiences in Talladega National Forest that I'd read about. So but I don't even go up there by myself. I won't do it. Um it's too big of a problem. <laughs> you know, that something could happen. So
1: Teresa, it's been I I'll re-
3: take care of myself. I try to that's anyway. good.
1: Teresa, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you for joining us.
3: Well, thank you for having me, y'all have a good one.
1: All right, thank you, Noah. Thanks everyone.
3: Thank thank okay. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Creek Devil. If you or anyone you know has had an encounter with these creatures, please contact us at William Jevning at yahoo.com. That's William, J-E-V-N-I-N-G at yahoo.com. All communication is confidential. Join us for another program next week.
3: And until then is open now.